0: Um, Now, last week, you know, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, okay? And last week, as you know, we began a uh, study on the life of a young man by the name of Samuel. But before we look at the life of Samuel, we read about Samuel's mom, and her name was Hannah. Those, that's for all of you that were here last week. If you weren't here last week, then you're going to have to kind of catch up, and hopefully you'll be able to uh, hear what I'm saying here, and make, it'll make sense, okay? But we learned a few things about Hannah, who is Samuel's mom. We learned that Hannah was a great example of a woman of God. She endured terrible emotional hardship because she was intentionally provoked by her, by her rival, We learn that Penina would intentionally and with malice belittle Hannah for not being able to have children. Hannah is what we call barren. She was not able to produce or reproduce. She was barren. She wasn't able to give uh, children or, or be fruitful in the terms of childbearing. Penina would intentionally humiliate, embarrass, harass, tease, mock, disrespect, gossip, backstab, and make Hannah's life miserable because Hannah was not able to have children or because she was barren. Yet, what is so amazing that we learn about Hannah is that she never retaliated against Penina. She never cursed out Penina. And up to this point, Hannah never talked bad about Penina. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Hannah even got bitter or angry with God, or that she blamed God, or that she had an attitude with God. And I had to confess that I'm guilty of all those things when I get upset. Okay? So I need to pray for myself that God will help me with my character, because sometimes I don't react right or respond right to difficult situations. And we learn that even the preacher... Or the pastor put Hannah down and accused her of being a drunkard. And we learned that Hannah had to deal with this horrible behavior from Benina, her rival, year after year. Year after year. But it didn't matter because year after year, even though Penina would harass and pick and do all these terrible things to her, guess what? Year after year, Hannah would respond by praying, crying out to God, trusting in her God. She was not going to let herself get bitter or angry or upset or frustrated. She gave her life to God. She gave herself to God. She gave her situation to God. She just kept crying out to God and she did not allow the enemy to rob her of her joy in the lord are you guys listening to what i'm saying can you say amen? amen the devil kept harassing but hannah kept praising and praying and believing god praise god for that and then one, one year something marvelous happened in first samuel chapter one verses 19 and 20 the bible says this early the next morning they arose and worshiped before the lord and then went back to their home at ramah alkanah made love To his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So, in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for. Him, church god answered hannah's prayer god gave hannah a son and she named him samuel and i want to continue this morning by reading the next part of this section of scripture in first samuel chapter 1 verses 21 through 28 and this is what the bible says it says when her husband alkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the lord and to fulfill his vow hannah did not go she said to her husband After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband, Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli. And she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as I live. I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. And I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we continue on Lord God with this story of Hannah and her miracle son named Samuel and all the things that she went through, Lord God, and that she put up with and that she dealt with in order Lord God to experience this precious miracle. We pray for your blessing, Lord God, on your word here this morning, on the service here this morning. We pray that you would bless those who are online right now, God, that you will just help them to avoid any kind of distractions, any kind of conversations, Lord God. Let them follow Focus on the word of the Lord. Let them put aside all things and everything, every situation, and help us all, Lord God, to be attentive to your word here this morning. Those that maybe are outside listening, Lord God, I pray that they would focus and not be distracted by your beautiful creation of the trees and the grass and, and the children playing. But help us all, Lord God, at this point to focus on you. And also, we want to pray for the offerings, Lord God, all the offerings that we've been receiving financially for the church, that you would. Bless the gift and the giver. Help us as a church body to continue to be loyal and to be faithful and to continue to give, Lord God, in support financially of our church. In Jesus' name, we pray. Now, God's people said, "Amen." So now Hannah had a boy child. Can you guys shout, "Hallelujah"? Even though this happened over 4,000 years ago, can we still shout hallelujah for this precious miracle? Amen. I mean, this lady that was barren, she was not able to have kids. She went through all kinds of terrible, horrible treatment. And, and behavior and finally God decided and he chose to have mercy on her and she had a little boy and the Bible tells us that as soon as he was weaned she brought the boy to Eli the priest at Shiloh and dedicated the boy to God she dedicated her miracle child to God she dedicated him to the service of God and let him and left him in the care of Eli the priest what does the word wean mean and let me give you this answer according to a Jewish uh, study. It says here, according to Jewish custom, the time when a child is weaned is cause for celebration. A weaned child has survived the fragile stage of infancy and can now eat solid food rather than be breastfed from his or her mother. In Genesis chapter 21, verse 8, we read that Abraham had a celebration for Isaac on the day he was Wean. Listen to what it says in Genesis 21, verse 8. It says, the child grew and was weaned. This is speaking about Abraham and his son Isaac. Okay? not uh, We're not talking about Samuel right now. The child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. So Isaac's parents considered this event an important occasion. They had a son who had survived the most difficult stage of childhood and could now eat on his own according to Jewish rabbinical traditions weaning could take place anywhere between 18 months and five years of age in first 1 Samuel 124 Samuel's youth is emphasized so he was likely between two and four years old when he was dedicated in Shiloh to the Lord to Eli the priest so now Samuel is between two and four years old let's be conservative and let's say that he's four years old he is potty trained he is able to eat solid food he is still pretty much a baby uh, preschool age and sadly he is now without his parents and his life is in the hands of eli the priest the other thing that's important is that the bible tells us that shiloh was a place of worship and not Jerusalem. So Shiloh and Jerusalem are not one and the same. They're two separate places. Jerusalem did not become the center of worship for Israel until David established it as a center for worship. Just for our own sake here this morning, I want to show you this map showing uh, three sites. I don't know if we can get it on the board here. Uh, were we able to get this map? No? Oh, okay. I'm sorry, church. I wanted to show you a map of Israel and where Shiloh was, where Jerusalem is, And where Ramathaim is, which is where Samuel was born. I wanted to show you the distances and, and the different places. But just know this. Shiloh and Jerusalem are not one in the same. Did everyone hear what I just said? Okay, that way we don't get confused. All right. So another incredible thing about Hannah is that after she gives up her miracle son to God... Instead of having any regrets or having a bad attitude or expressing any kind of remorse, remorse, she instead breaks out into praise. She did not go into depression. She did not change her mind. Instead, she says, I'm going to keep my vow to God, even though my son is so precious to me. He's a miracle. He represents years and years and years of prayer and crying out. And he's a miracle child. But you know what? I'm going to surrender him to the service of God Almighty. And she breaks out into praise. And I know that I said that we're going to, that we were going to begin to talk about Samuel here this morning and his life. But church, as I was meditating on Hannah's song of praise, I couldn't help but to say, you know what? I can't skip over this. we got to take some time and look at the words that are recorded here uh, of Hannah's praise and how awesome they are. So I'm going to take the time. Please be patient with me. Please forgive me. We'll start on Samuel next week, okay? I hope that I can do that next week. But let's talk about, or let's look at Hannah's song of praise because to me, it is so awesome. It is so powerful. Let's go ahead and read what it says here in 1st Samuel chapter 2 verses 1 through 11 I'm going to be reading out of the new living translation the new living translation because it's a little bit easier for everyone to understand listen to what it says here in 1st Samuel chapter 2 verses 1 through 11 this is Hannah's song of praise to God after she dedicated Samuel to the Lord it says this then Hannah prayed my heart rejoices in the Lord The Lord has made me strong. Hallelujah. Isn't that a beautiful section of Scripture right there? The Lord has made me strong. In spite of all the tragedy and all the heartache and all the pain and all the hurt and all the devastation and all the barrenness, the Lord has made me strong. Hallelujah. I love that. Now I have an answer for my enemies. Listen to this. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken. And those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. Then Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel. And the boys served the Lord by assisting Eli, the priest. Were you as blessed by that song of Hannah as I was? Wasn't that powerful? I mean, each verse, each statement was power. Power and giving praise and glory to God. Looking at verse 1 and 2 of this of this song of praise by Hannah. Hannah declares the salvation of our God, the faithfulness of our God. She declares that God rescued her from her humiliation. He rescued her from her barrenness. He rescued her from her failures. He rescued her from her lack of success, her lack of importance, her lack of significance, from her lack of fruitfulness, from her lack of feelings of uselessness, Listen on, on on Wednesday nights. We've been talking about how Jesus Christ rescued us from our sins, church, and we gave examples of people that have been rescued, people whose lives were in danger, people who, whose lives they were going they're going to die, but fortunately, someone would happen to be at the right place at the right time and rescued them, and they're alive today. How many of you understand that there's a lot of people out there that have been in serious trouble? But there was no one there to rescue them. And they died. They died. I can remember, I don't see David Tapia. I don't want, I don't want to say uh, his friend's name. Uh, a real good friend of ours is uh, a friend of David Tapia. We met him through David Papi- Tapia. And uh, he fell over here at, ro- at the Rocky, uh, what do you call these? Stony Point. These, these mountains over here. You know, everybody climbs these mountains over here. I think they're called Stony Point. Okay? I know that it's not for stoners that get loaded all the time, okay? It's for people that climb the mountains over here. So there was a guy that, a young guy, and he went up there, and this happens a lot, believe it or not, and he fell off a cliff. Fell off a cliff, busted his back, was totally, could not move. He was paralyzed. But you know what? Someone was there to rescue him. And today, He's alive. He's recovered. He's able to walk. He's able to function. He works out at the gym. He's in great shape. And it's only because someone was there to rescue him, church. And that's what Hannah is praising God for. She was barren. She wasn't able to have kids or a family, but God rescued her from that barrenness and that humiliation. Some of you in here may be trying to start a business, and you try trying, you try and you try and nothing happens. Or maybe you pray, you're praying for your kids to come to the Lord, and you're praying and praying and praying for them to come to God, and nothing seems to happen. Or you're praying for your ministry, and you're praying for souls to be saved, or for fruit and, 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 and things to happen, and nothing ha- seems to happen. And you're praying and praying and praying and and listen being barren is very difficult it's very frustrating it's very discouraging because you work hard for something you cry to, out to god for something you're believing with all your heart for something you're investing everything that you got for something and then for nothing to happen how many of you would agree that it's very discouraging and very heartbreaking would you guys all agree with that can you say amen but church i want you to know that we have a god We have a God that can take that barren situation that you and I are dealing with, and He can bring life to it. And I want to encourage you in that here this morning. Listen to what Hannah's Song of Praise tells us in verse 3. It says, Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. Hannah declares that God is a God who knows. He is a God of all knowledge. There are three attributes about God that are so powerful. The Bible tells us that God is omnipotent, meaning he is all powerful. Our God is omnipresent, meaning that he's present everywhere at the same time. And our God is omniscient, meaning that God, he is a God of all knowledge. God knows and everything. Did you hear what I just said? God knows everything. There is nothing hidden from our God. It is impossible for man or spiritual beings, including the devil, to have secrets that are hidden from God. The enemy may be plotting right now how to take you out, how to take me out, but guess what? God knows what the enemy is plotting against you and against me. Why? Because God knows everything. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attributes of the heart. You see, verse 3 says, he will judge your actions. God knows the motive of of the heart the motive of why we do things god knows the true intents of the heart you and i cannot fool god we may be able to fool one another or each other but we cannot fool god did you hear what i just said church god knows everything first samuel chapter 16 verse 7 says this but the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Right now, God is able to see who we really are. Let's go back to Hannah's song of praise and read first Samuel chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. Again, it is the New Living Translation. It says this the bow of the mighty is now broken. And those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well fed are now starving. And those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children. And the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor for all the earth is the Lord's and he has set the world in order. All of this All these these verses of Scripture, verses 4 through 8, they're all repeating the same thing. God has the ability to turn things around either for good or for bad. Did you hear what I just said, church? God has the ability to turn things around either for good or for bad. In other words, if things are going well for you, if things are going good right now for you, don't get arrogant, Don't get cocky. Don't be unthankful or ungrateful or unappreciative because God has the ability to strip us and to take everything away from us if he chooses because he is God. This is why it is so important to give thanks to our Lord. When you eat, give thanks to the Lord. Next time you go into your home, give thanks to the Lord that you have a roof over your head. Next time you go into your car, give thanks God, to God that you have a car to drive. Even if you have to take the bus, thank God that you live in a country where you have bus and, and, and taxis or whatever it is, or, or lift or whatever it is that you use to get around. We need to thank God for everything. Can you say amen, church? On the other hand, on the other hand if you are struggling and hurting and going through a difficult and painful season in your life, like Hannah was, She was going through a terrible, painful, Difficult situation in her life. God is, has the ability to turn things around and give us great favor and make us rich or famous or popular or influential or put us in positions of great power. This is why those that that are, that, uh, that are uh, have been in prison, those that have made mistakes, those that feel like that, like they're rejected or like total losers or that there's no hope. Listen, if you turn your life over to the Lord, God can turn things around for you you got to trust God. you got to give your life over to the Lord. And He can make a difference in your life. Let's go back to Hannah's song of praise. And look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says this. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his. Anointed one. Here, our Lord is making a contrast between those who choose to put their trust and hope in Him and those that don't. Those that choose to follow Him as Lord and follow the instructions of His holy word and those that don't. Right now, some of you who are listening, you're taking what I'm saying very seriously. It's important to you. You're digesting it. You're taking it in. You're considering it and it's important to you. There's others that are listening and they're not giving it any importance. They're not giving it any significance. They're not thinking that it's going to make any difference. Listen, you need to put your faith in the Lord to turn your situation around, and He will back you up. He says here, He will protect His faithful ones. Here, our Lord, the, the, it says He will protect our faithful, the, His faithful ones. We know that we can count on God to always remain faithful to us. God tells us He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will protect His faithful ones god is church is god faithful is god faithful does he keep his promises church and when he says he's going to back us up does he back us up you better believe he does church but church will we stay faithful to god church i'm encouraging you here this morning stay faithful to to Jesus no matter how crazy or unstable things get no matter how scary or controversial our times get stay faithful to Jesus. Do things God's way. Don't rely on your own thinking or on your own understanding or on your own emotions or on your own intelligence. No, no, no. Do things the way the Bible says to do things. Handle your business the way the Bible says to handle your business. Treat people the way the Bible says to treat people. Stay faithful to the Lord. In the end, we who belong to Jesus want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your lord he says well done thou good and faithful what does god want from us church faithfulness he wants us to be faithful and the last words of verse 9 are also important in verse in 1 first samuel chapter uh, 1 chapter 2 verse 9 it says no one will succeed by strength alone no one will succeed by strength Alone, Listen to what Psalm 33 verses 16 through 20 says. It says this. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. On those whose hope is in his unfailing love. To deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Philippians 4.13, many of you know this already by memory. I can do all this through Him who who gives me strength. That's the NIV version. Romans 8.31, again, NIV version. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be alive? against us church we want god on our side we want we need god on our side you're not going to be able to do it by yourself god's telling you straight up to your face dude you're not going to make it by yourself you may think that you haven't made but you know what one day you're going to be on your deathbed you're going to be on your deathbed and if you don't have god you're going to be in trouble this is the hope for those who have chosen to put their trust and hope in the Lord God Almighty. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, Romans eight thirty five through 37, shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, and all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. I don't want to be negative here, and I don't want to put fear in anybody or insecurity, but a lot of people are, are, are saying that there's going to be trouble after this election, after Tuesday. But you know what God is saying? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let that move you. I'm backing you up because I am God. That's why we need him on our side, church. We need the Lord on our side. And Hannah's song of praise also addresses those who choose to reject God. Let me read 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Again, it says this. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. Verse 9 refers to darkness. It says he will protect the, uh, the, his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness you know in the book of matthew in the gospel of matthew alone jesus christ refers to eternal darkness three times matthew chapter 8 verse 12 says this but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth matthew chapter 22 verse 13 then the king told the attendants tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth Matthew 25 30 and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and in a number of places in the Bible. It tells us the eternal state of all those who throughout history have chosen to reject God. Listen, rejecting God is a big deal. It is a serious violation of the word of God. First Thessalonians chapter one, verses seven through nine says this, this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. We're talking about being in darkness. We're talking about being shut out of the presence of God. We're talking about people spending eternity in hell. Not just a little season. Not just a little time. We're talking about people spending eternity in hell. Hell is a real place and God is warning us. Listen, if you want to avoid it, if you want to escape it, if you want to be rescued from having to go to hell, then put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your trust in the Lord. Cry out to Him. Acknowledge that you need Him. Acknowledge that you are a sinner. Acknowledge that you have messed up. Acknowledge that you can't do this on your own. Acknowledge that He has lord he is god he is in control he is our savior allow him to to be your god put your trust in him and he says he will give you everlasting life not in hell but in heaven how many of you want to go to heaven and be with jesus for all eternity can you say amen all god says that you have to do is repent of your sins put your trust in jesus call out to him And you will be saved. That's what the Bible tells us. Saved from what? Saved from eternal darkness, eternal hell, and fire. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this song of praise from our sister Hannah. We thank you, Lord God, that you just allowed her to celebrate this tremendous victory and miracle that you gave her. But now, Father, it's our turn. It's our turn to examine where we're at. Perhaps there are people here right now that are Christians. They're hurting. They're discouraged. They're frustrated. They've been praying for something, crying out to you for something, believing for something, and yet nothing seems to be going on. They don't, we don't see any results. Lord, help us not to give up. And regardless of what we see with our own eyes or what we experience with our own life, help us never to stop worshiping and praising and giving you glory and honor in our lives, Lord. Right now, I want to direct my attention to those of you that may be listening right now that have never surrendered your life to the Lord. God does not want you to go to hell. He wants you to go to heaven. And He's provided a way for us to escape hell and for us to go to heaven. And that's through believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came. That's why He died on the cross. That's why He rose again. He paid the penalty for your sin and my sin on the cross. And now through His death and through His resurrection, God says we can have eternal life. So if you're listening to me right now and you want to receive this free gift of eternal life, I want you to repeat this prayer of repentance with me. So say these words. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I ask you, To forgive me of all my sins i don't want to go to hell i want to go to heaven and spend eternity with you forgive me lord i thank you jesus for dying on the cross for me and today i receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give praise to the Lord for these that came to Jesus believing by faith that they have surrendered their lives to the Lord. Amen.